Well, something's going on. Oh, she can't almost. She can. She can. Well, God bless you. We're so glad you're here. I want you to know the presence of the Lord is here. And I want to encourage you to open up your hearts. It's very easy to just close everything down and just go through the motions and miss what God's trying to say. And I want you to know God's speaking. The Lord is speaking. And it may not be coming from the voice that you're used to hearing. Yes, He speaks through His Word, but sometimes His voice will be spoken through people that you would not expect it to come from. And we need to be listening. And we need to be hearing. Let those that have ears to hear, hear. So I want to encourage you to ask right now the Lord to open up your ears, that you would hear His voice, that you would know His voice, and that you would obey His voice. Not mine, His It's important that we hear His voice and we obey it. Amen? All right, let's dive right in. Ephesians chapter 6, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Church on the hill, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I already feel like I could take on an enemy just with that word right there. Anybody else? Maybe it's just me couple of you. Thank you. Thank you. Be strong in the Lord. What does he say to do? Put on. Who? You. You put on all. Everybody say all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Who's going to stand firm? Not your spouse. Not your pastor. Well, yeah, your pastor. But not, not you. You will stand firm against all strategies of the devil. All. Yeah, but you don't know what he's doing against me. No, that all is all. I don't know any way to discount all. Can anybody discount all? No. Don't discount all. Because you're facing something that feels like, feels like it's too big for God to, to handle. No, all. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers. These aren't little powers. These are mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, what is it therefore? Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Will there be a time of evil? Yes. So that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Not when, not if, in. It's going to happen. We have challenges. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Who? You. Stand your ground. You, putting on the belt of truth and the body of arm and the body armor of God's righteousness. Today, we're going to look at the first piece of the armor. Which one comes first? The belt. Why? Keep your pants up. Thank you, Jonathan. (laughs) I don't want to show up to a battle with my pants down. a lot that would go wrong with that. God is telling us 
What is he telling us in the scriptures? I just spoke with somebody here this morning. We are in a spiritual war. We are in a spiritual war. All you have to do is just listen to the news. All you have to do is just go out and live for about five minutes. We are in a spiritual war, and we're not battling against people. It feels like we're battling against people, but the Word of God says, no, it's not people. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit that we're battling. We're battling, and they are strong forces. Do you remember from... uh, uh, Shoot, Genesis, Exodus. From Exodus, (laughs) that it says that the enemies that we're facing are larger and stronger than us. On our own, we can't handle it. But God says these enemies that you are facing, even though they are strong powers in this dark world, we are equipped to not only face, but to be standing firm at the end. So, Wonderfully, God has not left us alone, but He has given us armor to protect us and to help us in our fight so that we might stand firm. So we see the very first piece of the armor is the belt. Now, I want to go back and just talk a little bit about back in this day. Back in this day, these guys wore, I don't want to call them dresses, but they kind of wore a robe. They wore these long, kind of heat-defeating garments that, that to our day today would be like a, a long sheet or kind of like a dress, similar to what you would see Middle Eastern countries wear today. But if you were a soldier fighting these battles, this garment would cause a problem. A long robe would make it difficult for your movement and for your actions as a warrior. You trip over your robe. Also, it would make an easy target for you to be grabbed. Right? That's why in football they wear tight uniforms. Not so that we can see everything, but so they can't be grabbed. They can't be grabbed easily. So they have on this robe. So what would a soldier do to take care of of going into battle? First thing he would do is put on a belt. Strap it around so that he could run. To take to to strap in this excess fabric more tightly to their body. If you look at a different translation of uh, of Ephesians chapter six verse fourteen, it says, "Gird up your loins." <laughs> Just sounds weird to begin with. <laughs> but literally, tighten up the stuff around your legs because you're going to need your legs in this battle. Movement is required for battle. That This would free up a soldier's legs to help them be ready for the fight and ready for actions. And many scholars believed that this was the first thing a soldier would put on in armor. That is to fasten their belt. So once they had their belt on and things were fastened into place, now they could put on the rest of the equipment, the rest of the stuff, the rest of the armor. But if you remember, the belt also holds the sword. I don't know about you, it's kind of a a faux pas now. I'm sorry, older folks, y'all are going to probably get mad at me for this comment, to hook your phone to your belt. (laughs) 
Younger folks are like, uh, stick it in your pocket or stick it somewhere else. Don't hook it to your belt. But I don't know if you can notice, when I'm wired up up here, I use my belt. My belt has many uses, not to just hold my pants up, which they do. And I'm kind of weird. Y'all know that. I keep telling stories about me. I'm weird. I'll wear the same pair of jeans sometimes all week. (laughs) And it's so nice. It's so nice because by the end of the week, they really fit good. Yeah, I don't, I, don't cha- I, don't, I don't change the jeans until it's time to be washed. I'm not kidding. I'll wear them three or four days, so, unless I get something on them. But by the end of the week, I have to wear a belt because I have uh, stretched them out, and they feel good. The second day of a jean wearing is better than the first. Amen? We need a belt. A belt helps hold things in place. The Lord is saying, okay, the first piece we're going to put on is to help keep you put in place because we don't want to start falling apart when we get on our battle. Anybody ever got into a battle and you start falling apart? I believe this can go all the way back to your belt. We're going to start at one spot, and that is with the belt. John chapter 4, we're going to start with the belt of truth. John chapter 4. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now I want you to know, I'm kind of getting, putting the end at the beginning, putting spirit and truth and we've not even talked about truth yet, but why would spirit and truth go together? Because the belt is holding the sword. When we come together, we come together in spirit and in truth. It's so important that when we worship, we don't just worship in spirit, but we also worship in truth. It's very important that your worship be true. Does that make sense? You know you can do your own worship. You can try to worship the Lord in your own way, but there is one true way, and that is according to His Word, according to His Spirit. There's a way we can know how, it's, how to worship the Lord, and go look at what Scripture says about worshiping the Lord and worship that way. How many of you know that when you pray your words, nothing, not a lot happens, but when you pray the word, mountains move. There's a difference in praying your way. There's a difference in worshiping your way. So we've got to get in here and find out what is truth. What is the truth that the belt is referring to? To gird up our loins in the belt of truth. Have you ever noticed what a slippery slope a lie is? It's, you can't stand on it. You keep falling. It keeps slipping. It keeps changing. Has anybody ever noticed how a lie will, will change? The fish I caught was this big. Oh, man, I couldn't even get it in the truck. It, it was this big. It's always moving and growing and changing and getting worse. And you know what happens when you're sucked into a lie? You start getting scared. Fear comes on you of being exposed. Fear comes on you of the pressure of trying to keep the thing going. You get worried and uncomfortable. It's the starting place, which is truth. So what is truth? A definition of truth is the property, as as of a statement, of being in accord with fact 
or reality. The statement of being in accord, the property as of a statement of being in accord with fact or reality. But I want to tell you, I want to take you to what the Word says about truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. It says, assuming that you have heard about Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. Now, where I want to go is where I was last week with uh, Easter and so many that come in here and just are kind of doing the church thing and are not interested in really buying into what the church has to offer, buying into Jesus. I, I had an encounter this week. A guy came up here from California um, in an RV that wanted to park up here on the parking lot for one night, just under the shade, just wanted to hang out and just, just park here. Didn't want anything, didn't want any of our resources, just wanted to park. And I said, sure, but as long as you're in here and you're asking to park here, I've got to talk to you about something. It's just part of it. This is going to come with you getting to park up here. If you don't want to listen to me talk, then go park somewhere else. But I'm going to talk to you for just a minute. Do you know Jesus? And he said, well, I did as a child, but I've kind of turned away from it. And I said, that's okay. That's okay. But I want to encourage you, as you've been, as you've been searching in your life for real, go back to God's Word. Just get the book out just like you would any other book and start to prove it wrong. Just try to prove it wrong. Do you know there's a, there's a book out about um, atheists that, that were trying to prove God to not be real? And what happened was they found God. All I'm asking you here is as the truth is in Jesus, is prove it. Don't just live your life and go to hell because you're just going to be stubborn and just going to say, I'm not going to even try that Jesus thing because a bunch of quacks and a bunch of whatever and I don't want a bunch of rules. No, go prove it. Prove God's Word to be false because He is true and He is faithful and He will prove Himself. He desires to prove Himself to be true. But He's looking for us to prove it. It says that the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. We say that the truth is in Jesus. Truth flows from Jesus, the King of the universe, and God Himself. As the second person of the Trinity, He created all things. So any truth found in its roots, in its source, is Jesus. Did you even catch what we sang this morning? And in Him are all things. In Him are all things. This established and cemented, was established and cemented by the prophet Isaiah. The apostle Paul is not just drawing on Roman armor, but on Christ as the fulfillment of prophecy of the divine warrior who came to rescue God's people. Let's look at Isaiah. We're going to go back to the Old Testament just for a minute. It says that our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in in a cloak of divine passion. 
But the Lord is the true God and the God who is truth. I say all this to try to engage your brain and your spirit to go out here and to try to begin to take God's word and prove it to be true. The Lord desires to prove himself to be true. He is faithful, but do you know him as faithful? Or do you just know the name? There's a difference in knowing the name and knowing him. There's a difference in knowing that God's a healer and knowing him as your healer. There's a difference. Yeah, people say that he's the healer, but no, I know him as the healer because he has proven himself to be my healer. There's a difference. When I go and stand in battle against a satanic enemy, whether I know the Lord or I just know the name is going to have effect on whether I'm successful in attacking this enemy. I know the Lord is my provider and my sustainer and my redeemer. I know him because he has done that in my life and he has proven himself faithful. If I don't know that, then I will waver when I go up against these enemies that tell me different. Do you know him as faithful? Because you need to. He is faithful and he desires to prove himself faithful. It's who he is. We sang that. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. He is truth. So when we're struggling to know truth, seek the Father. Seek Jesus. He will prove himself to be true. Have you ever had a statement that you believed all your life and all of a sudden it was brought to your attention that it wasn't true? We have worldviews. We have family histories of, of traditions that all of a sudden we get to a point in our life and it's like, I've believed this my whole life and it's not true. I feel so deceived. That's what that enemy does. And he'll hold it to he'll, he'll hold your feet to the fire for your life, believing that lie. The belt of truth. Truth had stumbled in the public squares. Did you catch what we read? Truth had stumbled in the public squares. Is that where we fight today? Is that what we see today? Is we can't figure out what we hear on the news. We can't figure out what we hear at work. Is this really true? What you're saying? It happens in church. Things murmuring and bickering and all kinds of stuff starts happening. And all of a sudden, someone's got to stand up and say, wait, what's the truth? I want the discussion to end. What's the truth? Did you see, it even said that um, he was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. When truth is lacking, do you know no one will stand up? Have you ever noticed within families or within church, whenever murmuring and bickering and this whole wave starts, hardly anyone will ever stand up? We just ride this dumb wave. No, somebody stand up and get to the truth. Let's get in the Word. Let's get in prayer. Let's get in the Spirit. And let's get to the bottom of things. I've had moments where a couple people in the church have come, finally come to me and said, let's get to the end of this. Enough. We get in marriage and we've been believing a lie about each other. And finally, can we please sit down and talk to each other and get to the truth? When I can get to the truth, I can start to build again. But if I'm building on a lie, 
My foundation I can never stand. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Let's keep on going. The truth had stumbled. No one intervened. Church, it's time to speak truth and it's time to stand up. I want you to know within your life, within your job, within your marriage, within your raising your kids, God hates murmuring. He hates it. He hates bickering and rumors and lies. Satan is the father of lies. We see here that it is God who is truth. So, how do we put this belt on? How do we put the belt of truth on? We've just learned that the truth is in Jesus and that God himself is truth. Okay, so what do we do? So I'm going to start us off where I kind of like to just live. This is kind of where I live, is that we start with the Word. We start with the Word. The Word is truth. And I'm going to show you in John chapter 1, 1, the Word is Jesus. I got ahead of myself there. Where did it go? Oh, I don't have it. Sorry. I have it here. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Go look it up yourself. John chapter 1, 1. I want to encourage you. All your research for, for Christ and for your walk with the Lord does not happen within this 30 minutes of me speaking. This is just something to help get you going. Go do your own research. Go do your, make your own stand. Go get your life built on the Word of God. 30 minutes on Sunday is not what I'm talking about. It's a start. It's a good place to, to start. But let me tell you, it's not enough. Your walk with Christ is a daily thing. Your battle with, with enemies is a daily thing. It's not a 30-minute one Sunday morning. Okay, Satan, we're going to battle Sunday morning for this 30 minutes, and then leave me alone the, the other six days. Nope. Your war carries on all week long. Your walk with the Lord should carry on all week long. It says that in the beginning, the Word already existed, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we start with the Word. If the truth is in Jesus, we can start with the Word because the Word is Jesus. Jeremiah 10, 10. I don't, here we go. Jeremiah 10, 10 says, But the Lord is the true God and the God who is truth. It says in John 17, I just showed you this one, 17. says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. So why, as we start with the belt to start getting equipped and getting this thing on to help hold everything into position, why do we start again with the belt? Because we must have a standard. We must have a plumb line to start with. We must have a foundation to start the building. The footers, the footers in your life must be the Word. Have you ever had somebody say something to you and immediately you get a check in your spirit of that doesn't feel right? This is what the Word will do in your heart. That the second someone comes to you 
and something is spoken to you or over you or about you or about your future or about your decisions, when you have the Word in your heart, it is part of the Holy Spirit's job to help you remember that Word, to understand that Word, and how to apply that Word. Wait a minute, what you just said over me does not line up with God's Word. Now what, what am I positioned to do? I'm positioned to not receive that Word into my heart. Or someone comes and says, speaks a word over me, and I can immediately say that I, the Word of God agrees with that. The Spirit of God in my spirit agrees with that. That, that feels right. When you don't have the Word, someone comes and says something over you, what happens? You're basing it on your experience. You're basing it on your feelings. You're basing it on the environment. How many of you know those things can mask themselves as good? You must have the starting point. You must have the middle C, the place to know right where to start. If y'all don't know middle C, there's middle C, right in the middle. I believe that most tuners of pianos will start with middle C and start working their way through. When we start to have challenges with decisions in our lives, in our marriage, in our church, we must start at the Word of God. I must have that. I must have that Word of God hidden in my heart so that when struggles come, I won't depart from it. Do you know that scripture? Your word I have hidden in my heart so that I might not, might not sin against you. What does the opposite mean? If I don't have the word in my heart, I'm going to really struggle with sin. We must start with the belt, the belt of truth, the word of God. I want you to hear me as I close. The truth is always true. Half-truths aren't the truth. The truth is always the truth. I tried to look up today absolute truth, and man, it took me on the biggest roller coaster from Christians, from philosophers. That right there tells me, as we read from Isaiah that truth is so far from us. We are allowing our emotions and our circumstances to drive this ship. And I want you to know the Word of God won't waver. It won't shake. Your life is a big shaking mess. The Word of God will not shake. There will be a shaking. And we'll know what's got a firm foundation and what doesn't. But I want you to know, the Word of God and the kingdom of God will not shake. So if I'm shaking, my footing is on the wrong place. Me, not someone else, me. The earth will continue to shake. The kingdom of God will not. So we must start with the belt. So how? How do I start? How do we really put on the belt? And I just want to ask you a couple questions. What has the final say in your life? 
When it comes down to your decisions and how you navigate relationships or how I parent or how I work or what I believe, what has the final say in my life? Is it my feelings? Do I simply do whatever I want to do? Is it a person? Is someone else dictating the decisions that I'm making? Is it my culture? Do I simply do whatever everyone else is doing? Or is it comfort? What is the easiest or the least resistance? Or do I take it all the way back to what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God is saying? Or do I even ask, God, where do you fit in my life? This is the starting point. I believe if we don't get this piece first, all the other pieces are going to struggle. They're going to rub. They're going to poke you. There's going to be gaps in your armor, and you're going to continue to get poked. If you, if you don't have the Word as your standard, everything else is going to be off. The Word. You cannot replace being in the Word. Church doesn't replace being in the Word. I believe church is a supplement to your walk with Christ. Church is great. I love church. Christ, by the way, church, Christ is coming back for the church. But Jesus went to the cross, shed His blood, gave us His Word, His power, His armor, so that we could get equipped and go out here and face these enemies with Jesus in us, where no enemy can take us down, where no enemy stands a chance when we're standing on the Word, when we are girded up with the belt of truth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.